Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Um, Energy, 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 energy. Yeah, so that's our little warm up for the day. Okay, you you take the water. What's up? Welcome to Wednesday. 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 Um, what are we doing again? A podcast. Okay, so. Let's glad just, we glad we cleared that up right at the outset. Let's just get right to it. This is mystery murdery thingy. I'm Chloe. I'm Mario, and this is the podcast where we talk about mysteries and murderies and thingies and thingy. <laughs> like what kind? Whatever. Okay, We're moving on. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> it took like a million years to get started, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we lost all our energy 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 that's why we did yeah like the we, warm-up we were coming up the stairs i was like oh yeah let's do this and my computer is fucked up yeah so then we spent like 20 fucking minutes like trying to get everything situated and uh yeah so cool so i'm gonna read off my phone good for you i think more people should read things off their phones it's like the fashionable thing to do these days no no, I'm that would the exact opposite. Oh, um, uh, obviously, we're are we going to so, talk about? Okay, wait. So if you huh. could get like the Times, the Atlantic, and like the Washington Post, and like the Washington Post physically delivered to your door every day, would you? No, because it'd just be too inconvenient. To yeah. have all that paper. Then you would never read as much news as you do now, I don't think. Like, ever. I mean, I used to read physical papers, like, when I was in, like, college. But it was just, like, a lot easier to get them. They would just, like, have them on campus or whatever. Yeah. So, I don't know. It was kind of nice. But 
I don't feel like it makes sense anymore. Everything is at the tip of our fingers. Well, I use all that paper anyway, right? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Newspaper is also well recycled and well used. That's like true. Like in my glass blowing class, we use it to sculpt. That's true. There is a lot of reusing being done with. Yeah, this is is this interesting? Um, is this good? Is this good no, radio this is content? As fuck. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna do some mystery. Okay, so you said yours is murdery. It's mine is very murdery. It also kind of ties into one that we've done before. Um, so I guess am I gonna go first? Yeah, you said you wanted to go first. You said that you wanted to talk about Mozzie. Oh, I did want to talk about Mozzie. <laughs> Who's oh, well, we Mozzie? Were just, we were just talking about... Okay, so Mozzie is my roommate's cat. And we were just talking about how, like, cats are weird. Cats like, are they're very really weird. freaky. They Chloe, really freak yeah. me out sometimes. They're yeah, like I was going to say... a weird enigma. You, you say that, like, every single time we walk by your roommate's two cats. You're like... <laughs> Cats are weird. They're just... <laughs> <laughs> they're just... They're weird. <laughs> I just... I, I don't well, know. Like, okay. Well, like, Mozzie was, like... He was, like, moving his head around. Like, you can't see me, but, like, every which way, <laughs> you know? <laughs> looking at something which we obviously could not see. It looked like he was looking at a bug that was flying. Right. And we tried we to, see like, anything. see what it was, but it was, like, invisible as shit. So, I think he was hallucinating. <laughs> When I was watching Family Guy, Quagmire gave his cat to Lois to babysit for the weekend. And he was like, wow, you hold so many mysteries or like something like that. It was really weird. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Sounds like something Quagmire would say. Anyway. Giggity. Giggity. So. Let's get, okay. Okay. So let's. Something weird. Let's get into it. Um, this is. Uh, okay. One that. Is kind of like I said, similar to a previous one. Uh, I'm gonna do the Japanese paraquat poisonings. So very, very murdery, very um, mysterious. Whoa. So this happened in uh, started on April 30th, 1985. The 80s, fuck. So this is like the mid 80s uh, in Fukuyama, Japan, right? Okay. And apparently, like, a thing in Japan, like, at that time, I assume now as well, probably. I want to go to Japan. That would be really cool. Shout out to Japan. Dennis almost went to Japan. My brother Dennis. He really loves, like, Japan and, like, you know, things that are Asian. (laughs) Like, his fiance. (laughs) (laughs) And, like... That was a great segue. And, like, anime and, like, Japanese culture and shit. He's, He's, like, into it, which I think is cool. Um... Anyway, so apparently a thing there is, like, there's a bunch of vending machines on the streets, which I guess dispense, like, you know, sodas and, like, the, like, vitamin drink things that I'm going to talk about. But also, like, porn and, like, alcohol. I mean, at least at that time. Like, you could just buy alcohol on the street from a vending machine. And it's like, wow. wait, aren't, like, underage kids going to buy it? And apparently they definitely would. And, like, other people were like, we should probably not do that. <laughs> it's kind of funny. That's I don't know crazy. if they still have them. But in 1985, they definitely did. Because they, like, talked about them. imagine? I can only imagine. Campus. They're, like, banned on campus, you know? <laughs> right. At Davidson, they banned kegs. Which I thought was kind of dumb. <laughs> they would stupid. just they would just buy cases of beer. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. 
Uh, but anyway. We're getting really off topic. Let's try to I know, right? get it together. Okay. Energy, energy. <laughs> energy, 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 energy. So, okay, uh, okay this, is, this is very murdery, so we probably shouldn't be laughing quite as much. Okay, but let's get... Yes. Okay, cool. So Mystery. Yes, my mystery. <laughs> the, the Japanese Paraquat murders. I'll just fucking start over. So, April 30th, 1985. This was in Fukuyama, Japan. Uh, a person, you know, this... Um, I'm not sure if it was a man or a woman, actually, drank a popular vitamin drink uh, called Oranamen C that was left on, like, top of one of the vending machines they have on the street, which, again, like, line the streets. They have, like, millions of these fucking things. Apparently, only the United States has more of them. It's a much smaller country. So this person, unfortunately, later that day did die of poisoning, like, several hours later. And when they examined the body, they found that uh, this person had been um, poisoned by what's called paraquat. Uh, Paraquat is a highly potent pesticide that's used, like, in a lot of agricultural settings. Now, when it's used in the agricultural settings, it's, like, very diluted. So, typically, it doesn't, like, cause a lot of harm um, unless you have, like, very, like, uh, extended, you know, exposure, like, the workers who are, like, spraying it and shit. Um, but when it's not diluted, it's extremely poisonous to humans. Whoa. Like to the point where if you're not treated within like an hour or two, you will die. (gasps) That's so scary. Yeah. So one of the cases, because there's not a whole lot of information out there about this one. So I, I didn't have, for example, like a list of victims, although there were 12 in all that are thought to have been killed in this mess. Um, poisoning. That's yeah, a lot 12. of people. Yeah. Um, but there was one case that was kind of detailed, so I'll just talk about it. It's kind of a typical case. And it's, um, the uh, victim's name is Harua, Haruo Otsu. Um, and he was actually on his way to go fishing, um, which is kind of, kind of makes it even more sad. <laughs> he was just like going to do what he loved. And he bought uh, two bottles of Oranaman C from a vending machine. Um, well, he bought one and then he got a second one, right? What he thought was that this was just one of, like, the random ones that apparently sometimes they would just give out as, like, a free one. Which is kind of, like, how this, like, killer, like, tricked people into doing this. Um, which we'll get more into. Um, so this person, like, drank both of them, right? And about halfway through drinking the second bottle, he starts feeling sick. He, you know, goes to the hospital, like, several hours later... And he ends up dying the next day. Oh my god. After excruciating pain. The the way that this kills you is like pretty fucked up. Um, so this is like devious. Like this is... Very much so. Like what type of... Per- and, we're, and, and we will talk what about that. Fuck? We will definitely get into that. Okay. And that, that was part of like the coverage of it too when I was reading like contemporaneous news stories that... Um, you know, what kind of person would do this? Like, this deviant kind of person. Like, they talked about it in, like, definitely, like, those terms. Like, who who is this person amongst us that would do this? Um, so, all in all, there were 12 people who are thought to have been killed between uh, September 11th to November 17th, 1985, connected with these mass poisonings. Now, the reason I'm kind of hedging that is because Paraquat is actually the cause of death in a lot of cases in Japan at this time. Um, There were some accidental deaths because, again, it was used in the agricultural settings. 
and it was really easily obtained in Japan. Um, although it is like highly toxic in its undiluted, undiluted form, it's not really that well regulated in a lot of countries or highly regulated. Maybe like Japan, the UK don't have any rules really besides like you have to get a license to have it. In the United States, you have to get, like, a license, and there's, like, one other thing. And it's more highly regulated in some other countries, but you can get it pretty easily. And it's, like I said, almost certain to kill the person who's poisoned with it. So what, um, you know, this killer would have known is that they could put this into, you know, these drinks, put the drink on, like, top of the, of the vending machine or in the slot, and that these people would definitely drink it because they're not expecting it, and that they would definitely die. But, you know, why this person kind of does this, like, indiscriminate killing, um, you know, that's, I, I think it kind of gets into this, like, whole discussion of, like, what kind of killer is this, right? Ooh. You know, like, clearly this is a serial killer, but, you know, I think there's kind of two main types, right? Like, process killers and product killers, Clearly, this killer was a process killer. Okay, explain to me what those are. So a process killer is a serial killer who is all about how the murder is done. So they'll take, you know, a long time killing the person or with the body. It'll be well planned out. Uh, it'll involve, you know, many steps. Maybe, you know, moving the person and moving the body. Having the body for... Well, that that's more the product killers, but... They'll just really focus on, like, how it's done. They'll plan a lot. It'll be, like, well, you know, kind of, so like... So they can get away with it? Partly so they can get away with it, maybe. But also just because the ideation of killing is what it's all about for them. Like, the moment itself and the aftermath, the, that the the thrill is almost over at that point. It's knowing that they have the control knowing that, like, the life of that other person is in their hands. Oh. And they talked about how, you know, the police just theorized that maybe what this killer would do was, uh, you know, poison these... And we should say, obviously, this is, like, extremely reprehensible. Like, in no way are we, like, glorifying this or anything. It's just, it's fascinating. But um, what this person may have done was, you know, poison the bottles... And then, you know, stood maybe at some distance away from the machine and just yeah. waited so that they could actually see the person take it. And maybe that was like their, you know, kind of climax of the experience for them, you know. Um, so the other main type of killer would be a product killer. So a product killer is more about the killing itself and then you know, the moment, like, the moment of killing and, and the way that they're, like, doing it. And then also the, um, you know, the body or the aftermath, right? So maybe they, you know, will, like, um, have the body for a long time or commit necrophilia with the body oh. or, you know, cut it up, um, you know, do different things with it. You know, I, I think, yeah, that this is the one that's, like, creepier. Like, my stomach is, like, turning just, like, in, in any way mentioning these things, right? But, um, these are things that happen. Like, people really did this shit. You know, I think that's part of what's, like, fucking scary about this. And also why you have to, like, break it down. And, like, try to understand why these people did this. Yeah, like, the motive. Right. And that's what's kind of... One of the creepiest things about this one, about the Japanese paraquat murders, is that, like, what is the fucking motive? 
Yeah. There was no note. There there was no admission. No no one ever took credit for it or whatever. No one was ever caught. Mine doesn't have a motive either. It's just like pure evil. Just like what? <laughs> why would anyone have done this? What was the fucking point? Right? Was it more than one type of drink? Um. Or it was, was it... mainly just the one, but it was what a couple of What if they were going ones. after the company? That's something that I'll kind of get into with a copycat or, or kind of a precursor okay. really to this it, in a minute. But um, it doesn't seem like that's the case with, with these particular ones. But I also wanted to read just like a little quote. Um, so this is actually from a Japanese psychologist um, who, you know, they kind of termed uh, this... Uh, you know, what, uh, what this killer is like a new breed of thrill seeking criminal or what they called in Japanese, a yukaihan. Oh, they have a word for it. Yeah. They have like a word for like this type of killer. So we're talking about like process killers, product killers in J- the Japanese nomenclature. This would be what it wa- would be a yukaihan. I also think process killer and progress killer are very product killer. or product killer is very restraining. True. There's obviously many more, you know, flavors or types. Like thrill seeking. Exactly. So would that be? There's like subgroups and things like process? that. Process. I would think it would be more process. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so the the quote from uh, this is a uh, professor Susumu Oda um, was uh, quote they cynically enjoy superiority by imagining the victims groaning and do not feel any remorse. Oh, what the fuck? Close quote. So that that was his kind of, like, profiling of this type of killer, was that, um, you know, they would have no remorse with it. The, the, it it's that whole idea that you're, like, above it, or you, the, these people are, like, ants or something. You know, that's, like, a typical kind of, like, you, you might say psychosis or delusion with people who, like, commit acts like, like these, right? That they think they're, like, better than everyone. But for no reason. Just because they have, like, whatever. Something in their past or an, an ideation that takes hold of them. or So then a how, mental illness. how does that idea lead to poisoning people? I think a typical... Like, I'm better than you. Is it, like, a power thing then? I, I would think so, yeah. And again, no person was ever caught for this, so, like who's to say in this particular instance, but I think like a typical progression, you know, is like you have some kind of like traumatic event or injury or illness or something which causes like your mind to become an imbalanced, right? Or you start to have some kind of delusion or psychosis. And then from, from that, it leads to like thoughts of violence for whatever reason, right? Cause you're paranoid or because like, some part of your brain is, like, taking over that's, like, more aggressive or something. In in a sense, right? So to speak. Um, and and then you start thinking about violence in a general way. And then you think of, start thinking about it in a specific way, about specific people. And then you start to ideate, which is, like, making a plan to commit violence. And then you commit the act of violence. Wow. So... So would that be, like, the top... Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's, I think, and I'm, again, I'm not a psychologist or, like, I've never even studied these things, right? But just from reading a lot of true crime stuff and listening to it, I think that's, like, you know, kind of how, how it usually goes. So, you know, this person may have spent months, years even, like, thinking of this plan, like, carefully planning, how am I going to get the paraquat? Where am I going to store it? 
How am I going to make sure I don't get poisoned? Um, how much is it going to cost? Am I going to pay in cash so that there's no record of it? Like, and that, again, this is like the most premeditated of premeditated murders, right? So in, in a sense, in our legal system, this is like kind of the worst of the worst, right? Because it did involve all of that. There was no point where they were like, well, I don't know, maybe I shouldn't do this. You know, why the yeah. fuck would I poison a bunch of people yeah, and kill them? Yeah, because you know there's all of these steps to take. Right. All of these opportunities to stop. And again, if you or anyone you know is thinking of doing anything like this, like, stop. Get help. Talk to a m- medical or mental health professional. That's what they're there for. Yes. Because, <laughs> like, you know, it, and it's kind of like with, and of course, the Chicago Tylenol murders are what the comparison is to this, Right. With whoever the fuck did that, you know, with um, any of these, like, indiscriminate killings, you know, it's just, like, these people who do this, in, in a, they're, obviously, they committed terrible acts, not good humans, but in a sense, we can have empathy for them to know that if they had just stopped and, like, thought about it and, like, tried to have empathy for other people, maybe they wouldn't have done it in, in a different way than, like, a crime of passion, so, like, I don't know, even though it is the worst of the worst, maybe these people are, in a sense, kind of redeemable at some point in their lives, right? I suppose. I don't know. But again, you know, it, it's it's really dangerous to try to understand them in any way, right, too? Because, Why? Well, because these are totally inexplicable murders, too. You yeah. know, like, what is the motive? You know, I mean, we're we're left with, like, all these, you know, kind of, like, questions of what, you know surrounding this right like um just what like what do you think like what was the basic motive in doing this like power right like that sense of like satisfaction to know that you had the other person's like life in your hands or something or like you have total control over them i is that enough of a motive i don't know know. that's a lot to think about i know if is is it enough of a motive to kill? I think so. Yeah. I think so. Because once... I, for some reason, <laughs> like... I mean, everybody knows life is valuable. And then to, like, hold it in your... Like, in, you have this, like, weird fantasy that you're, like, holding it in your hand right now. And you can, like, take something valuable. There's, like... um a, um, Even though it helps no one ever. I know, right? There's like an anime that's kind of like this. Uh, Death Note. Oh, you mean where they like write that? down a no? Where they write down a name and then in in like that notebook or whatever, and that person yeah, dies. That's exactly right. Yeah, I think that's from after this because this was 1985. But that kind of reminds me of it. Actually, it's like you and he. That's how like the character becomes like obsessed with it. But it, for him, it's, like, getting retribution on people. Like, that's his motive. Because he's killing, like, criminals and, like, people who've done bad things. Yeah, but then he's playing God. What if he's playing God? What if this guy is, like, that is totally kind of what it is, out right? of it? Yeah, you know? he thinks just, like, well, I'm God, so it doesn't matter. I'm, like, I will bring the angel of death upon you or some shit, right? Why do people think they're God? That's another type of serial killer, actually. Like, the, um, the like, religious killer. It's, like, a, a religious Ooh. fanaticism killer. 
And sometimes they do. They, like, think they're God or that God told them to kill people. And, like, that's their motive because they, like, hear voices in their head. You know, because, again, like, sometimes these things also stem not... And, again, we should make clear, like, people who have mental illness are vastly more likely to be a victim of violence than a perpetrator of violence. Very true. Very, very true. But there are very limited instances in which, like, a psychosis, a delusion, a mental illness that causes auditory or visual hallucinations can, like, lead a person to violence, right? So I, that's what's so mysterious about this, too. Because what if it was that? We we would never fucking know. What about... I think... I guess I think we talked about this before, but, like, gr- like, like trauma and grief. Could, like, straight-up depression lead you to killing somebody? Lead you to killing somebody? Or, or lead, like, this... Would it have led this person to kill somebody? This person. I don't... I don't think so, because... I don't know. Depression tends to make you, like kind of lethargic and not productive whereas this killer seems like very planning you're right you're right this person seems like they would be high functioning you know that they would exist within society as a more or less like normal person right maybe they're upper middle class maybe they work as maybe they own their own business maybe they work as like uh, an upper level manager a vice president something of that nature I mean, I would think this would be, like, a high-functioning person. Don't you think? Like, if we were doing a psychological profile of this person, of the of the killer. Yes, writer. because this takes guts. I mean, not... I guess that doesn't mean... I guess somebody who isn't... Who's sloppy takes, takes guts, too. But this is... I think, like, we touched on before, like, planning. Like, there's... You could have stopped at any time, but you didn't. Right. Oh, that is so weird. Oh, yeah. So... I know. Just, like, thinking about, like, them making, like, lists. Like, thing, things to get to kill a bunch of people. Like, it's just, like, so... This is chill. And what's, to me, like, the most kind of creepy about all of it is that it it's all fucking real. <gasps> you know? Like, it's not some, like, made-up killer who comes in your News nightmares flash. or something. Like... There was a person in Japan in the mid-80s who thought, like, I'll do this. And then they killed 12 people. And then they didn't kill any more people like this. I mean, there are some other reasons, too. But it also just, like, then it just stopped. So Why? What, That's another mystery around this. What was... Was there an investigation? There was an investigation, but it led nowhere to nothing. Ever. No, as far as I found, and there wasn't all that much information out there, but I read some articles and stuff like we talk about um, at the end. Um, there was no suspects. There were no. There was no physical evidence. No one was ever arrested, or charged, or convicted of anything connected to this, at all, ever. So again, like I feel like this would be <laughs> like a Dexter, right? Like, a person who could, like, be friends with the police. Who could, like, know the guys who, like, stock the machines. Like, to go to that level of detail of, like, I'm going to cover every single track. And I think maybe that's why they were never caught. And, like, nothing was ever found. But, you know. Oh, where they then have that power 
Because, again, to take control over, like, every single aspect of everything in their lives. Ooh, that's even more interesting. Right. What if it were, like, uh, like Monk? You know that show Monk? Yes. With Tony Shalhoub? Um, I think that's his name. Um, if he were, like, you know, Monk, but also mixed with Dexter, where he killed people. He was, like, a detective, like, um, who was, like... Uh, investigating his own murders would that be a good show maybe or would it get too like weird all like in every single way i think it depends (laughs) on how you show it and i think you need to the more psychological you make it the better people will like it people love that shit true and that's kind of like sometimes what they do with sherlock where it's like oh but did sherlock did you do it of course it never is and it never would be but, you know, someone at some point is like, mm, you've been around a lot of murders, Sherlock. I don't know. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, the, uh, this whole question, like, of why they, why they stopped. I think that's, like, an interesting kind of thing to look at, too, just on its own. Um, of course, we, we don't know why the killer would have stopped poisoning them. But the um, people who, like, run the vending machines, they started putting up, like, a bunch of, like, signs on all of them being like don't drink drinks that are like left in the thing and like on top like don't drink them they're poison like don't drink them <laughs> you know just like big red signs like my god so oh my that really helped they spent like over a million dollars like you know just posting all of those signs and everything yeah um but there there were some kind of like uh copycats but um thankfully i'm not i don't think anyone was actually killed in any of the copycat um attempts so there was some tainted milk left in schools in central Japan. What? Um, lime sulfur was also put into some, I think, sodas. Um, and there also seemed to kind of be an increase in the number of suicides by Paraquat um, in, in 1985. And just for context, there were 1,402 suicide attempts just by Paraquat in 1984, the year before. Wow. Because, again, it's pretty easily obtained, right? Um, and but you said it like it's really painful. It's extremely painful. The way that it kills you is that it. Ooh, do I want to know? I, I mean, essentially, it shuts mm. down your organs. Oh, that's freaky. Mainly the lungs. So typically, people who die of paraquat poisoning will die of like their lungs collapsing, or you know, just like fibrosis in their lungs, like. They can't get enough oxygen uptake to, like, continue to live, you know. I forget what the, the like, paratax or something like that, um, what the, like, medical term is for it. But, yes, it's it takes sometimes a while, like, days to, to um, up to a week, I think, or maybe more. Whoa. And also, it um, is extremely painful. Yeah. Um, but, I don't know, maybe those people weren't aware of that. They just knew that it kills you because it will kill you. Like there's no antidote to it. And then that's there's another... no way to treat it really after those first few hours. And that's another question. Like how deep did they, are they in this? How much do they know about the drug? Like, do they know specifically what they're doing to people or are they like, this is bad <laughs> dunk. Like, you know, yeah, I would definitely think this person would, would know. I think so too. Yeah. You know, yeah, for sure. They would have done, like, all their research. Yeah. Um, 
there was also kind of a uh, a related case that I wanted to talk about. Um, it's actually from the UK, and in in that case, a uh, a wife actually killed off her husband with Paraquat. I believe she put it in his coffee. Um, nice. In, in I mean, or- <laughs> no, bad. <laughs> you you'll definitely think it's bad. It, it, it wasn't anything that he he didn't do anything wrong. Um, in in order to uh, actually get him out of the way. So that she could be with her young lover, who was like uh, a neighbor of theirs, uh, who she would apparently be screwing every morning after he left for work, <gasps> and every other chance that she got. Yep. Um. So be be faithful, everybody. Right. Don't be an asshole. Don't yeah. Don't be a dick. Um. So there was one time when they were getting together for one of their little trysts, morning, you know. Oh, did, Menage he, Adieu. Had, did she get caught? Was that the... Uh, she did, in fact, get caught. Uh, that particular morning, uh, her husband was leaving early to go on a fishing trip, actually. Um, but what she didn't know was that the weather got really bad. And that he and his friend had to turn back. Therefore, he came home extremely early, finding her and the young lover in bed together. So, two months after that little incident... She decided to kill him. Again, she probably thought about it, and then she was like, how am I going to do it? Research ah. Paraquat. You know, it, again, it, it's, it's the, you know, that's how it happens. And then she um, actually uh, broke up with her young lover and found another one. And then about a year later, doctors finally figured out that her late husband had actually been poisoned with Paraquat. They told the police, and the police kind of took it from there, right, in terms of, like, holding her responsible. But, um, yeah, that, that was just kind of, like, an interesting case that I read about in, uh, in, one, in one of the, um, in actually an excerpt from a book about it. So there was also this kind of, like, um, kind of copycat attempt, um, which was to extort money from food companies, this is what I was mentioning earlier, where it like kind of ties into that extortion thing. And this was by a group calling themselves Mystery Man with 21 Faces. I don't know why I thought you were going to say mystery murdery thingy. <laughs> no, not mystery murdery Because I think now like mystery is like default right. in true. my head. It like... That's true. It like finishes itself. Right. It's it's like uh, autofill in Google search. It It just goes in there. But no, not mystery murdery thingy. Um, mystery man with twenty one faces, which is very strange. Um, so that group had spent a year, actually the previous year in nineteen eighty four, threatening to poison people unless they were given large amounts of cash by the the food companies, right, that made these products. And what they would actually do is place cyanide tainted food on supermarket shelves, including. In candy. Oh, God. Now, don't worry. They also did put large labels on the packaging warning people that it was poison. And no one was hurt at all. So it just just did not seem to be a sincere attempt to try to poison people. But they did use real poison and real food on real supermarket shelves, which is kind of fucked up. Um, Then if why would they put a label on it? I guess just to show... People, they were serious, I guess. It's like firing a warning shot, kind of, I suppose. Do they I'm know who totally it was? I'm not totally sure. Uh, no, they were never caught. 
Um, That's weird. Yeah. That one's also pretty weird. But they actually did send an open letter to a newspaper, like, saying that they were going to stop doing it. But they never got any money either. Yeah, that that one's... It's very strange. Um, so, just to get back, you know, a little bit to the Paraquat murders, kind of finish, finish it all up here. Um, the police, like I said before, investigated, but that never went anywhere. Uh, no one was ever held accountable. Um, but, you know, this does kind of, like... I think tie into like we were talking about before the Chicago Tylenol murders. And I I just had a little bit of like discussion topics we could do on, on that here in, in the, at the end. So they were both like extremely random, you know, like there was no, that's also, I think a, a, a sort of very unusual aspect of this in terms of serial killers, serial killers tend to kill within their own, um, you know, race group. They tend to like kill people who are, you know, um, uh, close to them, yeah. uh, like close family members, um, people they know from the community. So the, to to just be completely indiscriminate, like does not matter who dies at all, seems like very strange, you know, um, just kind of aspect of all of the, of both of those. Right. And that's the part you agree with me. Good, good. Um, <laughs> so, um, yeah. I think the, it's also just kind of chilling. <laughs> yeah. Um, how they both kind of like play on these like basic human instincts, right? For the Chicago yeah. Tylenol murders, you like, you seek medicine when you're sick. So that's like how I'm going to catch them, right? It's almost like they're a, like a spider and this is like catching them in their like web, right? Ugh. Um, if you want to think about it that way. And then, you know, with the Japanese paraquat murders, like everyone wants to get something for nothing, right? So who's going to turn down a free drink that they find like in the vending machine, wouldn't you just right, drink it? Right, right. Everyone would, right? So, you know, it's it's these... It, I would. It, the, the killer obviously had, like, a deep understanding of, like... Maybe not a deep understanding, but at least some understanding of, like, human psychology. And, like, what people were going to do. So, it, it just, again, if you're, like, thinking about the profile, you know, that this is probably a pretty highly educated person. And then, you know, just kind of, like, how this, like, intersects with, like, government regulation of poisonous substances. Like, maybe they should be, like, putting a little bit more control on these things. Wacha! Right. Um, maybe they have since 1985. I don't know. So, you know, they're both really creepy. You know, I think this the Japanese paraquat murder is definitely one of the, like, creepier killings yeah. that I've, like, read about. It's just, like, so random, so mysterious, you know... We basically know nothing about the people or person who did this because it fuck it could have been more than one person who knows, um, but it's just it is really killing or really um, interesting. It's just shocking. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like again, why would anyone do this? And they weren't even caught. Never, nothing was found. Yeah, they're both mysteries. So what's yours? Oh, my my mystery? <laughs> yeah. My murder? I want to hear about it. Energy, 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 my energy, murder energy. Mystery? It's yeah. my turn? I get to talk about me now? It's your turn. I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about actually I hope, a, very, I not. a very wonderful woman who um, was a victim to... Was it random? I don't know. Well... We'll, 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 we'll discuss. We'll discuss. Okay, cool. So... Please stop. Oh, sorry. Um, I am talking about uh, Missy Bevers. So, this happened in 
April, April 18th, 2016. So it happened pretty recently. Oh. Um, in Midlothian, Texas. Do you know where that is? Uh, I don't, but I've heard that name before. Midlothian, Texas. I think they said it was south of Dallas or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, but I found this one because it also has very creepy footage to go with it. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so let's talk about her. Um, Terry Missy Bevers, um, she was, did I say Beavers before? Okay, good. Because I typed Beavers, <laughs> but it's not. It's Bevers. Yeah, no, I'm um, pretty sure you said Bevers. Okay. Born, <laughs> born in Grand, Texas in 1970. So she um, is a fitness instructor uh, at a national fitness movement called Camp Gladiator. And they, like, appear in churches and stuff. Oh, so they're like a cult. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, they're like a fitness cult. Oh, a Christian fitness cult. Oh, cool, cool. Cool, got it, got it. I would join. So, if I like to exercise. So she's a mother of three, and her daughter Hannah says that she was the biggest role model in her life. Aww. So let's talk about the murder. April 18th, 2016, Missy was found unresponsive on the floor of Creekside Church in Midlothian, Texas. She was, so she was there, um, this, she was found at around, uh, 5 a.m. Mm. And, uh, she was there because she was there to teach a, like, a 5 a.m. fitness class. Um, that's, uh, so she was, like, she, like, got there early. Oh. And, uh, she was bound, found by one of her students. Oh, my God. And so she was found bludgeoned. She was bludgeoned to death. Puncture wounds to the head and the chest and evidence of struggle. Oh, my God. So the footage that goes along with this is the weirdest part of the entire story. What is it footage of? It's footage of the suspected, the suspected killer just, like, walking around the church. <gasps> what? Yeah. It was, released, it was released to the public because uh, they had no fucking clue who it is, but there, it gets weirder. Uh, this this individual was dressed head to toe in fake SWAT gear. I'm talking helmet, gloves, shin guards, tactical vest, like a shirt with the word police on it, everything. What? And so the footage is just of that person um, wandering around, meandering. To me, it looks like this person's being very casual and maybe waiting for something. Are they waiting for Missy? Who knows? But they're just wandering around. They're, like, opening doors and shit. And they're walking around, like, like casually, like, breaking windows and, like, making it look like a robbery, even though nothing, nothing was, was stolen. Um, even, like, she still had her ring on her finger, even. That's so weird. So. So he was just, like, walking around, like, busting shit? Yes. At, like. 3.30 in the morning in, a, in the si- inside of a church? A little bit after. So the footage is from 3.50. And she would have gotten there on 4.20, 4.30 to okay. start setting up for class. But yeah, I guess the question is, like, did he know she was coming? That's the question, yes. So what's also interesting about this is that, is it a disguise? So right. it's very well disguised. Like, they don't know the gender of this person or... Like, 
um, who like facial features or anything, what they look like. Because they had a helmet and a face shield on. Right. So the Midlothian police, this is from the, a quote from the Dallas Observer, um, the Midlothian police will later report in a search warrant that in, quote, certain portions of the footage, the suspect appears to have what has been described as a feminine sway or walk. The footage also indicates that the suspect has a distinct walk that is in indicative of some type of injury which affects the right leg slash foot the killer end quote the killer also appears to use a wall to remain steady the video indicates that the killer is a little on the heavy side and stands between five two and five seven and that begs the question how does the way you walk play into your gender a lot a little not at all uh like is that a valid argument yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I mean, I think men and women tend to walk differently. I mean, each individual is unique, obviously. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I think you could say one way or the other, but it's not 100%, but I don't know. I think that has some legitimacy to me. Yeah. So, okay, there is also outdoor surveillance that shows a white-slash-silver Nissan Altima creeping around the parking lot, 3 a.m., just kind of mindlessly cruising. At one point, he, like, flashes his headlights. Um, or she. He or she flashes their headlights. Um, and it's weird because, I mean, like, even to this day, the investigators still don't know who was in that car and they want to talk to that person, especially since they don't really think it was part of they don't think it was part of the murder. Oh, they don't? No. Hmm. Um, so, a lot a lot to come out of this was um, f- the family really struggled. Uh, the husband and family, they got a lot of shit. Uh, especially the husband, Brandon Beavers, and the father-in-law... Beavers, fuck. I said Beavers. Okay. Especially the husband, Brandon Bevers, and the father-in-law, Randy Bevers. So there was lots and lots of social media slander. Like, it was out of control. Um, For which what? We'll, we'll touch on it later. So he, you know, they always look at the husband first, right? Of course. He had a rock-solid alibi. He was on a fishing trip in Biloxi, Mississippi, which is like an eight-hour drive or something like that. So it's like the third fishing trip that's come up during this episode. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, he was on a fishing trip. Um, he was accounted for and everything. Like the FBI, like investigators, like drove up there and talked to people, and they're like, "Yeah, he was here." Mm-hmm. Um, the father-in-law, uh, Randy Bevers, was also slandered on social media, and he they looked at him as the killer. So, um, he had a like. Wait, where did I talk about this? Okay, yeah, he had a bit of like bad luck. And I think this is very interesting and very rare. He, like, had genuine bad luck, and he was able to prove that it was bad luck. And I mean that by um, that the day of the the morning of the news conference, he turned in a bloody T-shirt. Um, so police obtained a search warrant for a bloody T-shirt that Randy had dropped off at the cleaners the morning of the news conference, interview with uh, the police department. Quote, the relic... 
the relatives got two dogs. The chihuahua and the big dog got into a fight. The big dog got the chihuahua around the throat, okay? And when I got the big dog off of it, the chihuahua was laying on the ground bleeding, end quote. He said, quote, I had... It, I headed to the animal clinic to see if we could save it. It didn't make it. So carrying the dog from the house to the veteran clinic, it was bloody, end quote. And then they tested the blood and it was confirmed to be animal blood. Oh, wow. So I like just, I don't know. I thought that was a really interesting tidbit that like, how often does that happen? Where, right. Like this series of events, like, like seriously, seriously, like uh, I can, I can prove it and everything. Yeah. Um, but I could definitely see that being in like an episode of like CSI or law and order or something. Yes. They're like, no, yes. no, it's, I swear to God, it's dog's blood. I do, No, I, I know. No, you could take him downtown. I don't give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucking dog's blood. So yeah. <laughs> whatever. But it also was one of those things that social media web sleuths took in and ran with it. Sure. Um, some of the subtleties get lost on the internet. Exactly. So everything you read on the internet isn't necessarily True. Wait, what? I sorry, I didn't mean to like have a Santa's real moment Dude. for you, but you know, Dude, that changes Every, everything. Everyone's got to learn sometime. I know, right? There aren't two hot singles looking for me in my area. <laughs> they are just in your area. Yes. Wow. <laughs> At least two. Wow. For you. For me. Prob- probably more. Hate. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, get back to your story. Um, okay, so, yeah, bad luck. And he was, like, one of the also, also things that they also did was, like, he wanted to clear that up so the media didn't get with it. Because it sure. would have been lost in the media, too. So that's why he, like, came up first and was, like, here, uh, actually, this is going to be suspicious. Right. Here's what happened. Right. Um, so, like I said, the web sleuths, they went really far. Invasion of privacy, straight up slander harassment online um in person to uh missy's husband and children so one photo that showed up was a side-by-side comparison of uh a picture of like randy beavers the father-in-law like at a fuck i like wrote beavers sometimes i don't know why randy yes i think that's what it was um randy bevers um and it's like a he's like in like golf gear or something. And then next to it is like a still from the surveillance video showing the unknown, um, individual. Um, it's like, there's just a lot of harsh and like far fetched comparisons made. People pointed out that his legs have an outward pronation and that he's a stocky build and he has a scar on his leg from a previous surgery, which mean he could like match the killer's gait and like could have that foot problem that the police talked about and this, that, and the other thing. And one of Missy's coworkers uh, at Camp Gladiator was also targeted. He was put at, as like, um, like the jealous wife um, because his wife had a short stocky build and a broken foot. Um, someone even stole their trash hmm. to like look through it. That's like crazy, a random yeah. person. So there are multiple Facebook groups dedicated to um, be- uh, the, the, the Bever the Bever case. Um, and people are doing all sorts of digging, which they also discuss this in a lot of the articles is like helpful, but not helpful. Right. It's like, it's cool when it works out, but all the other times when they're just like kind of harassing people. Yes. And this is one of those times. Right. Cause like, yeah, I mean, 
it's like you want to you're you're like trying to do something good right yeah which is like solve a crime but then also like you're not the police you know so like probably don't try to be the police yes because it's not probably gonna work out well for you yes so yeah people are digging they're like stalking the family's online presence or looking at mutual friends they're trying to find like what a possible motive the speculation gets crazy they targeted people who were who had like already been cleared by investigators um and the police received between 1300 and 1400 tips but most of them were speculation so here's my theory I believe that this wasn't a random attack. Although there is a good argument for it not being a random attack. But I... Or for it being a random attack. But I don't think it was random. So as we know, most victims know who their murderer is, right? And I I mean, it's no, di- it's like, it's no different in this case. Like for some reason, she was targeted, stalked, and killed. And I say all that based on the video this part because i obviously i think that's the most important piece of evidence you're ever going to get um it's very it's just very oddly eerily like nonchalant this this person i feel like they had it planned the individual had to know her schedule they had to know that she teaches a class at this church at this time um know that like she was going to get there early so they got there early too they decided to make it look like a robbery but which i don't know i'm still not 100% sure about that because it was it didn't they did they did a bad job yeah i'm not sure so much that they necessarily were making it look like a robbery it seemed like they were almost, like, defiling the place. Yeah, it was more like van- straight-up vandalism. Yeah, and it seems also, from what you're describing of the video, like, this person was fairly familiar with those surroundings. You know, they were casually walking around the church at, like, 3 in the morning or whatever, 3.15 yeah, in the morning. Yeah, I think so. But also, it could be seen as just exploring. True. That's true. But, um, in either case, it does seem more likely than not that it was a person, you know, with whom she was familiar. I think, I think this person was waiting for her. That's what it definitely seems like. Yeah. So there's like a 30 to 40 minute window between when the camera footage was captured, um, which was 3.50 a.m. and when she came in at around 4.20 or 4.30 a.m. Um, but that timeline also raises more questions like... Was there footage of the killing? That's and, what I was wondering. Uh, yeah. Or of Miss Missy entering. Or of the killer leaving. And the explanation for this is the police department confirmed that lots of the church cameras just simply weren't functional. Mm. Um, and it was just like dumb luck that it wasn't on also on camera. Um, especially like the outside ones in the northwest corners. That's what they said. Um, was there somebody, like, footage of the people, somebody leaving, getting into a car, like a Nissan Altima, mayhaps. Right. Um, so, that also leads to maybe it wasn't a targeted attack at all. And Missy was in the wrong place, at the wrong time. 
But if she was at the wrong place at the wrong time, what the fuck was some rando doing in SWAT gear vandalizing a church at 4 a.m. on a Monday morning? Well, that's what I was thinking. I mean, we were talking about motive earlier. What would be the motive for that? Um, there's this whole thing on Reddit and Facebook and Web Sleuths that Missy allegedly had an affair and that Brandon Bevers, the husband, hired someone to kill her, which I guess is possible, but I think the affair is all talk and I think it's all speculation. Um, another question, why didn't this person have a gun? Which at first I didn't really think was relevant until I was reading and people were talking about like this is texas if you see somebody in all swat gear why wouldn't they have a gun i was also thinking that if it were a professional killing wouldn't they use a gun exactly and not like fuck up the place yeah this was pers this was personal it definitely seems like it was more personal i mean when you kill someone by blunt force trauma it's up close and personal you know it it takes repeated blows again you you have to like yeah it seems more like a crime of passion than a dispassionate, you know, contract that you're fulfilling. Yeah. Do we know, do we, but also do we know for sure that this person didn't have a gun? I guess not for sure, but they never recovered a shell casing or... Nope. There was no bullet holes in her or in the church. Nope. So they didn't use it if they had it, I guess. So another theory, which I kind of accept, is that um, it could have been a teenager, an adolescent based on the video. So someone within the community decided to dress up, go out and break in somewhere because they're why? Because they're bored or because they're acting out this fantasy. Maybe they're mentally unstable. But again, this person looks like they're waiting for something to happen, whether it's Missy or not. So it might not even, maybe they're just waiting for something to happen. Hmm. I really, I, it's maybe either they were Missy gonna, or it's not. It's maybe just they were going to kill the, the first person who came yeah. to the church that day. Yeah. yeah. Could be. But if they were there you know, even... It kinda reminds, that kind of reminds me of... Um, I don't remember. It's maybe a couple of years ago, a few years ago. There were these like teenagers who would go around in... Um, what was it like South Carolina or Alabama or something? And just kill like the first black person they saw on the street. Wow, and that's like fucked that. up. Yeah, and this was, like, not very long ago. Like, maybe a few years ago. That's fucked up. Yeah, I can't remember all the specifics, but, like, I definitely remember... I told myself I was going to stop swearing on this episode, but that's really fucked up. Oh, yeah, extremely. There's, like, no other way to describe that. Right, but it it speaks to, like, this way that, yes, um, with a kind of, like, delusion, like, racism or, or, like, psychosis or something, some teenager could maybe be driven to kill. Yeah. And just be like, I'm going to kill. I'm going to kill someone. Um, Ooh, doesn't that's matter so who scary. it is. I just, I have to do it. Um, cause it's like, whatever. And I guess that parallels to yours too. True, true, true. Somebody who just went crazy. Um, and I think it's not so much went crazy. It's like you, you get a delusion and then you get fixated on it. And yeah, then you more begin that like cycle a, toward ideation and, and action. A, a focus. Yeah, because the, that's just how humans are, right? We, we can tend to get like really fixated on a thing and unfortunately for some people, it's like hurting or killing other people, which is terrible. I mean, so for some people, it's like doing great art or like becoming great musicians or, or business people. Um, but for some reason, these people think like, oh, this is the f- ultimate fulfillment of my life. Yeah. Is to like do this thing where I kill people. It, it makes no sense to like the 99% of the rest of us. But, you know, it's we have to like try to 
get to a better understanding of it, right? If, like, we want to stop these things and, like, prevent them. Um, did you have anything more, or was that pretty much yours? That's pretty much it. I, um, there was a really good article that I read in the, what was it called? In the Dallas Observer. It was an article by Christian McFate. Mm-hmm. It's very well written. Um, I looked at People Magazine Investigates articles. I looked at a website called True Noir. They, have sto- a, they had a story on there. Crime Online article by uh, Lee Egan and various Reddit threads. Of course. I, I more went through Reddit to look at theories and opinions and not facts. Because, right. Because Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, wait, do you mean everything on the internet isn't true? <gasps> what? What do you speak of? Blasphemy. Oh, I should also do my sources. Yes. Um, so I did read some selections from a book, uh, Molecules of Murder. by Murder. John Emsley, Molecules of Murder. Um, also an article by Clyde Haberman in the New York Times back from 1985. Also the Wikipedia page for Paraquat Murders, um, a sort of uh, a- academic, uh, you know, I read like the abstract, right? of this thing by Takeshi Ito and Yoshikazu Nakamura called Deaths from Pesticide Poisoning in Japan, 1968 to 2005, data from vital statistics. Very interesting, very dry. (laughs) Um, An article by Marie Okabe in UPI, by Ronald Yates in the Chicago Tribune, by Paolo Prada in Reuters, and by Daniel Schwartz in CBC. Wow. That was a lot. Yeah, the, it, it was a lot of the same information, but it, it was good to get, like, different perspectives on it. Um, and, and some, you know, background and, and things like that. Um, like in that molecule, Molecules of Mira, um book, they went through exactly how Paraquat kills you. Like, uh, down to, like, the, the chromosomal level. Oh, I don't want to know about that. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Um, but it was, it was kind of interesting how it kills plants, which is completely different than how it kills people. Um, what it does to plants is it, like, basically it um, stops them from being able to, like, make the stuff that they use to make their cell walls. Oh. So um, it allows water to, like, seep out from the cell. And it just, like, completely dries out the, the plant, like, the, uh, the leaves, like, cell by cell by cell by cell until it's just, like, dead. Science, dude. Science! It's pretty cool. Um, so, uh, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, we're really excited. 35 episodes in. Um, you know... We just high-fived. We, uh, it was a terrible high-five. Here, let's do it again. There we go. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we, we're like, you know, um, always super excited about Wednesday. What else? I'm just rambling now. Do you have weird shit in the news? I do have some weird shit in the news. 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 Okay, I'll go first. So, mine's not... Weird alert. Weird alert. No. That one. No. I'll cut that one out. That one's bad. Oh, wait. No, we're not editing. We're not editing. Because we just have a lot going on. Ooh. We're busy people. Wasn't that good? You know, <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Go ahead. Okay. So this one's not weird. It's just it's called, fascinating. It's called weird shit in the news, Chloe. Okay, read it. <laughs> you know what? This is our podcast. We can do whatever the fuck we want. <laughs> True. 
12. So, World War II bomb diffused in Germany after 18,500 people were evacuated. So, basically, this happened on uh, Sunday, August 26th, in, in Germany, in the city of Ludwigshafen. Ludwigshafen. Yes, like you said it. Um, thought to have been dropped by American forces, and it was discovered during construction. And I guess this is, like, a thing. Yep. Like, there's lots of just, like, straight-up bombs that are still there that could blow up. That's very true. Also, there are a lot of unexploded ordinances in, you know, Vietnam, Laos, uh, you know, Yemen, Syria, Iraq, Afghanistan, oh, oh uh, Sudan... South Sudan, Somalia, oh, lots of places. Yeah, that's it's a big problem. <laughs> it's a big fucking problem. Oh, in England, too, as well. Probably in the United States, for all I know. Wow. It's crazy, y'all. There's, like, a town that uses, uh, like, bomb shells as their, like, um, as, like, their, as, like, materials. Mm-hmm. They, like, build shelter with it and stuff. Oh, I guess that'd be pretty good. Very durable material. I don't remember where I read that. Um, on Reddit? No, it wasn't on Reddit. <laughs> okay. I feel like it was in, like, a classroom setting. Oh, a classroom setting. Were you sitting in class reading Reddit on your phone? No. Okay, cool, cool. Cool, 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 cool. <laughs> it wasn't Reddit! Cool, cool, cool. Good. Yeah, that's totally fine. Um, you don't have to admit it, it's cool. Um, so, <laughs> I'm gonna read an article by, uh, who is this by? Uh, by Gina Martinez, um, from Time Magazine, and the, uh, it's it's very fucking weird. Um, it, the uh, the headline is Texas police are searching for a shackled woman seen in suspicious surveillance footage. <gasps> yeah, more footage. Yeah, more footage. So Texas police are currently looking for this woman to ask what the fuck was going on um, because she was caught on someone's like personal you know security camera at their house knocking on like the door ringing the doorbell or something at like 3 20 a.m uh on the night of august 24th and she had what appeared to be like restraints hanging from her right wrist and she was like only wearing a shirt so she like came out of the bushes (gasps) oh my god this is scary it's weird and was just like ringing the doorbell. This is nowhere near us, right? This this is in Texas, so we're 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 cool. Um, people in Texas, though, you be on the lookout for this woman. Um, ask her what the fuck's going on. It, does she need help? Um, so the Montgomery, you know, County Sheriff's Office are looking into the suspicious incident. And, and by the way, she would just run away. She did this like several houses, ringing the doorbell, and then she just ran away. So who knows? Um, but you know, police say that after posting the footage of the incident, they've received like a lot of claims, but they haven't really like matched anyone like, um, like missing persons, but it's also kind of grainy. So it's like kind of tough, I guess, but yeah, very weird. Whoa. I, maybe she like escaped. Could be. She's definitely escaped somewhere from some kind of BTK killer. Could be. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah. Holy shit. Again, l- I hope she's lo- okay. I hope lots they of find different. her. I know. I, d- I definitely hope so. Hopefully it was just like a prank or something. I mean, I don't know. But pretty crazy. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, we're probably... Uh, good to go? Probably 
good, probably good, uh, good to go. We are good to go. 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 Energy, 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 energy. Oh wait, no, we're done. Okay, we can we can stop that now. It's time to go to sleep. Well, I just I want to say one other thing. Good job by you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.